Welcome to Non-Fungible Rebels, a podcast where creators, tech, internet culture, crypto, and marketing meet each other. It's me, Annie Alexander, and in each episode, me and the Rebels will have a real unscripted talk, share genuine opinions, and show raw emotions. Should we start? Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Non-Fungible Rebels. It's me, Anne Alexander, and today I'm speaking to a real OG from the space, B, aka Beauty and Punk. Um, welcome to the studio. I'm really happy we connected in Zebu Live. We went in person, which was, which is always a good thing. I really love meeting people in person because online is is really good, but it's the second best thing to to real life. Uh, interactions um, so <laughs> yeah welcome to the studio and um i guess for those who don't know you and don't know what you're doing in the space uh you've been around for uh quite a long time from the almost very beginning so tell us the story of about how you got here and what are you doing uh, in the space at the moment Yeah, no, first of all, like, thank you for having me. It was really great to meet you in person. And I'm, I have just been starting to go to events. So I am really happy to be able to go to events and meet people and have these different connections. So thank you everyone who's watching and maybe we'll see each other in the next event as well. Yeah, so I started in 2017 when I claimed CryptoPunk. So I started with ETH uh, a little bit before in 2016. And that's how I got to the CryptoPunks thing, like trying to learn about it, try to learn about um, blockchain and Ethereum, just being a geek and a nerd, as one is in the space. Um, and that's how I got it. I used to collect previously, like offline art, just traditional art. Whenever I used to go to museums, I would buy postcards when I was like a student. And then I started having grown-up money. I started buying like local artists and, you know, things I could afford. And then NFTs happened and I just kept collecting. It just seemed natural, just the thing to do because I like collecting art. And being that early, it was, it was a different place than it is now. Also, there were a lot less women. There were a lot yeah. less of us. I remember those times, yes. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, we had a conversation about this in London, actually. So, yeah, it was yes. it was difficult. It was, well, not difficult, but it was different. And this is something that I, I am working now. So um, I am a co-founder of the project called Nebula Web 3, where we onboard and, well, we, and we onboard and train people from underprivileged communities. And we have programs also specifically for women in the case of Ukrainian refugees here in Portugal where I'm based and we are trying to to give opportunity to people that otherwise wouldn't have uh, where to look there's not a bus to blockchain that we can get oh it's a really open space yes but how do you even get in yeah. how do you even find it's the door? overwhelming in the very beginning it's very overwhelming for people who are just yes. coming in right yeah and to find people you trust Because that's another thing, like when Web3 is known for scams and people trying to get, you know, take yeah. advantage of you. How do you even find people that you can connect and you can trust? What? Where do you even start learning? Yeah. And we, none of us got to where we are without some help and support and encouragement, at least. So this was, you know, our way, my co-founder and I, uh, so our way of doing that for other people, of, you know, trying to give back. Mm -hmm. 
So we've been running, we've had over 200 people already in programs since May, like so past six months, over 200 people already. So it's working well. We're really happy. And that's part-time, the other part-time I'm building as punks do, as people who are early to this technology do, um, building a fashion brand that is way more than a fashion brand. I, I love technology and I know that fashion is not going to be what it was years ago. So how do we build this new fashion? How do we, what do we want to wear and how, what do we want our clothes to do for us? It other than just, it's a vehicle of our personality, how we express ourselves, but what else, what else can we do with it? What else can you do for us? So this is what we are working on now. Okay, sounds awesome. Well, actually, uh, you know, when I was networking at Zebu Live, someone was asking me whether I'm in um, in Web3 fashion. So, you know, if I knew, I would just, you know, take them to you. <laughs> See? Well, maybe maybe we do collaborate on something. You know, if the vibe is there, I'm, I'm all willing to take it, definitely. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So um, let, let's go back to the times. Like, you know, I remember when you said CryptoPunks, I just remembered that story where, you know, one of my ex-bosses um, called me one day, super fascinated. He was like, you know what? I sold my two CryptoPunks and guess how much they paid me? $1,600 per each. And he was so, so excited. Yeah. Uh, I never mentioned that to him later on, obviously. But, but this yeah. kind of illustrates how back then, like, you know, we were looking at things, right? Uh, no one was thinking that what happened would happen. And obviously not at the time when people were minting those crypto punks for free back in the days. Uh, yeah. So what kind of, you know, when you discovered that, what made you sort of, you know, get attracted to that how many did you mean like let, let's go to that story because I think those origin yeah. stories are always very exciting because everyone comes to those from different perspectives right yeah there, there's always there, there's always something that attracts you to to whatever you get into and there are different facets of us and we get attracted to different things for me it was a mix of well the technology and I, I think everyone got in because of the technology as well um, it was a different way of using the blockchain. And mm -hmm. I, I, I liked that we were exploring different things. I liked that, you know, there was this smart contract that we could interact with and then we would claim because we they were all minted. So Matt and John had already minted them all. Like they, there was this huge matrix of, of crypto punks that you could choose from. So you knew which ones you were getting. It yeah. was not like uh, minting, like we mint uh, like either the board apes or, you know, like... Yeah. art blocks you don't know what you're getting you could really choose so I would go through all of it it was a mix of being a child looking mm -hmm. for stuff that you want to collect and that is yeah. fun liking art because it is it was artistic in, in its own way uh you know all these different things and traits and, and shapes and colors right so this mix of collectible artistic technology it just seems super interesting I got a few I didn't get like hundreds or thousands because I thought if it if this is ever something what I have is enough if it's not then other people can have it too like um you know either way people other people can have it too like I didn't have to have everything so I got like 39 which 
I know it's a lot, but back uh-huh. then it was just a bit. I well, bought... you know, out of ten thousand yeah. to choose thirty-nine, I think it's 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 quite okay. <laughs> and stop, <laughs> not too like, much. because of, you know, yeah, <laughs> that's not too much. Yeah, and I got four apes back then. Uh, like I had to look at the matrix and try to find it, but I did. I've had four of them, and I wow. claimed them. And two days after claiming, I put one for sale for thirty-seven ETH. So like your boss was saying, like it sold for a thousand six hundred is is bunk. Yeah. And back then it was what, like two hundred or like even less? Okay. Well, it was two years later that it sold. So it took a while. I don't remember by then how much uh, ETH was, but still early days, like this one 2019. And it sold for 37 ETH. And I remember seeing it. I'm like, It's sold. What? Someone paid 37 ETH for something that was for free? Like there is real assigned monetary value to it because there is the value that, you know, emotional value and, you know, the value that we give to things that are like immaterial value. But there is material value to this. What? I I was surprised and happy. And also happy that I did... I did state that in putting it for sale early on. I stated that I believed that it could get to that. Mm-hmm. And two years two years later, it materialized. So we materialized in, in 37 years for an ape sale. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting you say that because like these days, you know, as you said, back then the, the space was completely different. These days, yeah. most of the things start with speculation. Like the starting point is actually I'm buying it because I believe that I'm going to sell it with much higher price, right? For much higher yeah. price. So that's kind of, you know, the, the the starting point for many people and the reason they are getting into it. So it's very yeah. sort of, you know, money-centric, revolving about um hopefully becoming creature thanks to this etc while you know i'm sure back then you didn't even think that you know these 38 you know crypto punks would uh, would actually you know be worth a, a substantial amount of money right i never thought it would change my life the way it did and that's for certain even when i thought that they would have value also in the monetary sense you know sense because it was something so unique and in the discord in the early days like we we assigned value to it by building a community around it giving each other value for for liking same things you know so you want to appreciate the person whom you share something with and knowledge or a crypto punk so we we gave each other these boosts so it was nice yeah. to have that back then. But people, a lot of people see the NFT and Web3 in general as a business model, you know, to, to make money. Yeah. People do need to make money and that pays bills and that's a thing. But at what cost? And that, uh, like seeing communities get monetized the way they have been, especially on bull markets, that people build up communities just so can, they can rug them and leave with the money. Yeah. And it's heartbreaking. People want to people want to be part of community. It's human. We want to do that. So PFP projects will will exist as long as there's something to join. There are people. We are always onboarding people. There are always new people coming to Web three, and they will happen for a really long time. So people will have this people searching for communities, and they will 
could always fall into the wrong hands unadvertedly because they just yeah. they don't know any better. It, yeah, especially if they are just starting, right? We we yeah. kind of touched to that point that, you know, yeah. it's overwhelming. It's very hard to filter out the best players in the beginning. They all look quite okay, um, you know, until you know better, until you find the right people who who will guide you. And, and yeah. kind of, you know, um, that trust judgment is not always the, the correct one. Um, and I, I really think that's the thing, right? As you said, people really want to be part of communities especially people who are attracted to this space, um, I feel like, you know, they have this specific personality where most of them don't really meet too many like-minded people in real life around them. So that yeah. kind of, you know, makes that need of becoming, a, a you know, part of a community where people are, you know, like them, uh, is it, it becomes even stronger, right? Um, yeah, and I completely feel like agree. Yeah, back in, in those days, um, that was a different vibe. Like, you know, when you were part of a community uh, back in 2017, 16, like, you know, um, it was really about community. It was about real, true, genuine connections. And it was about this feeling like, wow, I finally, like, you know, found people who are like me. I didn't know there were so many people like me, right? Uh, because I, yeah. I didn't meet them in real life so much. Especially women, so. because women are not in large numbers in tech spaces. And that's yeah. just... We we yeah. don't have to go, to go into this discussion of why. Like, there's a lot of research into this. There's a lot of things being published about it. Yeah. But it's a fact. So you don't have many peers to talk to. And even if I wanted to tell people about uh, other women about CryptoPunks, either they would have shunned the idea of a missed wallet and a full node wallet because, no, I, can, I, I barely know how to use Excel. So you don't have this circle of people that you can share these ideas and discoveries with. So it's yeah. even harder when your your whole environment is completely different than what you're trying to get into. So yeah. there's even that extra leap That's to take. That's true. I do remember, like, you know, since we touched events, like back in, in those days in 2017 onwards, in the in the first few years when I got into also working in the space, um, I was going to these conferences, right? Uh, and it was it was really mind-blowing, like, you know, huge conferences with 5,000 people, and then you would barely see 10 women in there, right? Yeah. Uh, and that, I mean, it was really good for the toilet lines, you know, <laughs> and it kills yeah. uh, that, that one. Is which, is, sure. which is very rare. <laughs> Which is very yeah. rare, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's you know quite fresh, but other than that, it was a bit sort of you know uh, I wouldn't say intimidating because you know I was lucky enough to meet uh, really good people in the space, and many men have supported me along my journey. So you know I don't really have any of you know horror stories or uncomfortable stories that Thank goodness. you know many. Yeah 
may have had, unfortunately. Uh, so I can't yeah. really tell about that. Uh, yeah. But still, it wasn't kind of, you know, it wasn't very comfortable because the, the, the whole mis misbalance was very, very big. Now it's getting way better. But, you it know, is. back in those days, uh, it was It was insane. tough. I've, I've had some, like, not horror stories, but, like, some difficult stories from my previous Web3 days. And actually, the people I have interacted in Web3, they have been brilliant. They have been respectful, welcoming. Yeah. But that there's like there's a privilege in being an OG like being a crypto punk claimer once people know who you are that you also treat it differently I am not asked if I'm the plus one but a lot of women are you know even if they they are there on their own merits yeah people ask if they are the plus one so uh if they people don't know who I am and if I if I don't look like this they might just pass me by, like, all right, that's just another woman, you know. Well, yeah. Probably here with her boyfriend or husband or whatnot. Not on her own merit. But no, yeah. no, I'm I'm here on my own merit. I have been for a long time. Uh, all the spaces I have inhabited, I have been on my own merit, you know. So it's it's interesting and it's always nice to see people who come to you without knowing who you are. Yeah, and wanted to chat with you like we do, like like how we met, and it was just yeah. a group of people, and we just started chatting because hey, so what do you do? Who are you? And like we started chatting, and then we found out how, you know, yeah, we, I think we, that's, how that's many synergies we have. I think that's the thing about the like-minded people as well, right? Like you know, yeah. I had I tried to bring normies to <laughs> meetups, web three meetups, and. Yeah. And I'm not doing that anymore because what I realized was that, you know, from there, I, I just put myself in their shoes and they're standing there and like <laughs> four, four people talk about something they don't understand with, with kind of sparkles in their eyes, super excited, uh, using words that are kind of doesn't make sense at all. And, and you know, some of them are quite weird and crazy looking and and the whole environment is a bit weird uh and they just don't yeah. get it they don't really understand where they are at because you know there is so much context that needs to be translated in between it is. um it's so like dropping me like in a chemic like chemics convention or physics convention exactly. i am I, i'm gonna have you know a difficult time you know yeah. yeah, absolutely. So I was like, yeah, maybe this is not the right way to quote-unquote onboard people because, yeah, I mean, you just make them feel uncomfortable. So It can yeah. be daunting. Yeah, but also if you go straight to the deep end, how do you – but where do I actually go to? How do I go back to the beginning of all of this? So yeah. going like going to the deep end, either you are a person that thrives in like also a bit of chaos and like, yeah, yeah sure, let's just yeah. go with it. Or but if you need structure, there are like several steps before that you, you know, just very something very small and about one subject. And that's where I think art plays a big role. Every, yeah. Everyone loves art. Not all the art and not everyone likes likes the same art, but in one way or another, we all like things that makes us feel things like either they're beautiful things that makes us feel good they are uncomfortable things that makes you know us reflect 
Yeah. But we like to, we like that in our lives in one way or another. So we can always bring someone to talk about the art that we are seeing in the space. Yeah. And is this the type of art you like? Is this the type of art you like? And then we can talk about the technology behind it, the community that is built around that and the influences that it has had or will have. So I, I think that art is a great way to onboard people. To the space. Yeah, I was, I was very daunting. happy. I was very happy when the NFT sort of, you know, hype cycle came in um, because, you know, that was the point where I was working in DeFi and I had this feeling that, you know, it, the space was loose, like the DeFi space specifically was losing soul. It was very sort of, you know, people and communities yeah. around coins were very sort of ir- ironic, pragmatic. It wasn't really about communities. It was more about money. And and it was becoming a little bit kind of, you know, I needed something like for myself specifically. So when the NFTs came yeah. in and I started, you know, I'm a fiction author as well. So I kind of, you know, really loved that whole creative space. Um, yeah. And when it happened and I started sort of parallel to my quote quad day job DeFi day job I started getting into NFT artist Twitter spaces um and and back in those days clubhouse you know rooms oh god like clubhouse. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was like oh my god a breath of fresh air like I finally ended up with a new sort of you know group of people who yeah. were you know approaching this from a different perspective, right? And and I felt like the NFTs were a really good way to bring in new group of people because yeah. it was around things that were human and mm-hmm. that were about things that people understood. So it was about music, about you know as you said about art, about sort of you know stories, and and that's what kind of united everyone. And people came in for that, right? So I really liked. I mean, even NBA Top Shots, you know, passion. But it's tangible. It makes it tangible. Yeah, yeah. It brought in people. So I felt like that new group of people that came in. We needed that because it was more yeah. human and less techy, and and we needed that perspective. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, PFPs probably kind of spoiled that for for that group <laughs> as well eventually. <laughs> but in the yeah, it is the problem of really having nice. something and having too much of something, right? That is the yeah. where do you find the balance? Where and that was the issue. Like PFPs will always. I I honestly think it will, they will have a long life into in in this industry, but having them for profit or having them for community, that is, you know, something yeah. that that someone gets in for the community, but ten other got in for profit and they would just want to flip it. That's not going to be a healthy community. Yeah, it is. It, yeah. That, that's the thing. Like, you know, is it going to be a community around something that is beyond money or is it going to be a community of speculators? Because the community yeah, of speculators kind of, yeah, the community of speculators kind of, they have their own sort of individualistic vision and 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 goals uh, mm-hmm. about being in that community right it's not really about making the community better or about lifting each other up it's about un- uniting for the mission of pumping a yeah. coin or you know a token price or a floor price right and it's yeah. different because like the motivation is like my personal gain at the end of the day 
which which kind of you know works as long as you are having those gains and stops working as soon as you stop having those it gains. comes from That's you right. know someone's expense at someone's expense so exactly. what where are these gains coming is it someone's expense or not yeah like, in most cases it's it is unfortunately yeah. which kind of you know makes the whole thing harder and since we mentioned communities right uh, i mean yeah. many nft projects claim that the utility of their token is their community. Um, I truly believe in communities. I'm, I'm like big advocate of communities. I really believe that communities yeah. make or break projects. Oh yeah. But I'm very so. skeptical about most of those projects having utility being the community because in most cases their communities utility is not valuable. So just sometimes they don't have a community to say that about. Yeah. You know, they they have a bunch a bunch of people together is not a community. Like the uh, a collection of trees is not a forest. Basically, yeah. you just you have to have a, a community before you can say that you have a community and to and to even assign value to that. And what yeah. is the value of this community? And this is something that um, yesterday came out. Uh, I, I'm not sure when this is airing, so uh, time lapse. Next week. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I just for people like I say yesterday. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we, I had the, the interview that Natalie Stone from Yoga did with Resta Eyes, Sonia Head, and myself, and we were talking about community values and, and punks values. And this is not something we attributed ourselves back then. This is something that we discovered about ourselves later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What values we have, because we know the values we have because of the actions we took. And that's where you know those are really your values. Not because you say that those are your values, but because you act accordingly. Yeah. You cannot say some our values are, and we are creating a community, you know, this has been around for a month. You may want the value to be that, and you may want people to join if they share those values. But that's not a given. And that's not... You know, you cannot say that that is the case for the whole community. But once okay. the community has been around and you have this group of people that that are the core, you always have people coming and going and people that are more, you know, more uh, perceptive than others. But once you have that core and the actions that a community takes are consistent, that's yeah. when you say like, okay, we we have values and we have value as a community because of that. But it takes yeah. time. It does, yeah. yeah. And you know, um, I, you know, I, I know that the Panks community is is very strong, and it's kind of you know, it's it's been going for quite a while. <laughs> uh, do you? Uh, I mean, I, and because I'm, I haven't been like you know, part of it. Um, I don't really know, but I was always kind of wondering, how did Yuga Labs acquisition actually impact the community? Did you like? How the community felt and did it impact in, in, in any certain way or it didn't make any difference well, to you guys? It was it was really we had varied reactions to it. There were people that felt really affected by it. Mm-hmm. And there were people like me that I I didn't feel that affected by it. Also because I don't have any control over something, I I will only let it yeah affect me to a certain extent I guess Mm -hmm. so because I don't have control over it how much am I going to suffer I'm going to see what I want to do about that 
uh, you know, that what happened. Some people did get very upset. And I think a lot of it was because it was not communicated with the community. So we feel like we're all part of something together. And then something is done to do, to us. But I thought we were together. Like, how did we not know? Yeah, okay. But yeah. also, if they did know before, would that have gone through? What would have been the reaction, you know, like, also mm -hmm. difficult for the founders like Matt and John, like, uh, this grew to proportions that they never expected and they yeah they don't feel them like they they want and have the tools to handle it we are very difficult people punks we are very difficult people i was <laughs> naturally asked like what uh like a, a, a word of advice I'm like oh be always open to listen and be patient because we're going to say contradictory things yeah, it's difficult. Yeah. It's difficult I mean, to work it's, with punks. I mean, that's why they are called punks, right? Like you know, <laughs> I, I don't imagine any punk being like easy going. The clue is in the title. Easy to handle, right? <laughs> so it's uh, it's part of the branding. It, it, it and it's part. I of like the that. I like that line of thought. <laughs> it is. It is. I like a line of thought. Yes. How what punk is going to be like easy, ma easily manageable. We're not easily yeah. manageable. We're a group of yeah. people with very strong opinions about something that we love. You know, we care deeply about the project. We have personas built around it. My my online personality, I cannot imagine having a different PFP. Like probably one day. I will never say never. But I do love my ape a lot. And you have many so, to choose from. Like you can keep changing them, but they will all be punks, right? So well yeah yeah no, i can go you know a good part of a year you know every week having a different one but i like this i like this what can i say i like how simple it is i like the one attribute and it's it's nice but yeah it's it's a difficult it's a difficult community to work with but a lovely community to be in definitely um there, so people took it there were varied like there was a spectrum of of reactions that people had to the sale Luckily, like before we had Noah and Noah was always in the community, he was open to having calls and to listen. And now that Noah left to be a dad, we, we have Natalie and Natalie is also very involved in the community. She is super willing to listen. She, has, she hasn't been doing this for a few months. She has been doing for this over a year. So she's not like she just started at yoga either. You have people that they have been there for, for a while and have been learning. And when they get to the position that they are, they are ready. Well, as ready as one can be for a position that, you know, is so fresh, even with Noah, was very new. So as, as ready as you can be to, to, to guide projects and, and really be yeah. open to hear comments and criticism and take that to to work with the community it's really difficult i can i, no, I naturally I mean, I really appreciate what you do because i wouldn't want to be in your shoes <laughs> yeah i mean i wouldn't either <laughs> yeah but but yeah i mean uh i think it's um it's interesting point let's let's go there because you mentioned that and you know the the founders and kind of you know selling the the project and and it feels like in in this space um 
we had this com- I had these conversations with different founders and some founders who actually left projects and things like mm-hmm. that. Um, it feels like the expectation is that when you launch a project in the NFT space specifically, but in general in Web3 as well, um, people expect you to be there for your lifetime. Like, you know, people expect and think that this is your life mission, right? Yeah. This is the thing. Now you, you will retire are, here. You are supposed to stick to until the end of your life. And obviously, like, you know, things develop. And at some point, some founders, you know, may decide to exit somehow. Um, And I feel like, you know, that is the challenging part. Like, how do you manage the exit? Because like, you know, very often it can be perceived as a rug pull. Because you stopped sort of taking care of the project yeah. or, you know, in many cases you didn't handle that exit or that handover to the community the right way. So you kind of threw yeah. them under the bus and things like that. So so I feel it's very challenging. I mean, first of all, I don't believe that, you know, you know, we should really put them in a position where we expect them to be there for life. Uh, but at the same time, we should have these expectations of, okay, it's fine to leave, but there are right ways to do it. Right? Oh, definitely. There has to be a process. And I think that's one of the reasons why people shouldn't start projects alone. Because... If something very serious and very sudden happens, the project will not be by itself. You have someone that has been there from for the, from the beginning or for a you know a long period of time that will help make this transition. Because things happen. Either you change your mind and you want something different, or you get sick, or something extraordinary happens and yeah. it's out of our control. But people are allowed to change our minds. We, we are coming from an era where you would get a job and then you retire there. And most of our generation said, no, no, that doesn't sound healthy. I might want to do something else. I yeah. learn new things. I grow as a person. I might develop different interests and abilities. So why will we not give that same right to people that have developed projects? They do have responsibility because once you create something, you have a responsibility to the people that you onboarded to your creation. Yeah. But that that responsibility is not an obligation. I think that's a big distinction. It's not, not even marriages last forever. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of them don't. So yeah. why would a professional partnership have to? I agree with you when you say, how do you do it? What is the best way to move forward from something, but not leave anyone behind? And I'm hoping to see better transitions in the space. It has been abrupt. Also announcements, when, when, when an announcement is made, it catches people off guard. But, oh, no, no, but that was a person that started... You know, X years ago, X months ago. So, okay, this person should be prepared to take this role. Oh, great. We know a bit about this. It is a surprise, but it's a welcome surprise, maybe, because we have been unhappy with the person in charge and we don't know how, for example, a PFP project is going to go. Are we going to have any utility to it? Uh, Because everyone wants utility, right? Uh So, what is going to happen with the project? Well, 
we can have an idea because we know the person that got in. Yeah. Either from Web three, if the person is not new to the is new to the project, from the project itself, like the person already knows people in the community that the person can reach out to, because yeah. what who best to give you advice than someone who's in? Yeah. No, uh, I think uh, that's another point, right? Even when you're not leaving the project, like even when you're building it, I feel like. The community involvement starts quite late in most cases. You should actually build it together because very often, you know, people start building projects, they're super passionate about them, but then because they are doing it completely detached from the community, by the time they they start getting people over, that's when they realize that, oh, this wasn't what people actually wanted yeah. or this wasn't how they wanted it to work, et cetera, et cetera. So like to me, it just doesn't really make sense. To me, like the community starts from day one and yeah. and you build it together with the community. So then they feel this, you know, um, belonging feeling. They feel the, the you know, this whole, they, they have this whole idea that they are co-creating it with you. So they feel ownership. And then at the end of the day, you build something that they wanted. So they are eager to use it once it's out, right? So, yeah. um but then, you know, they lose so much time and money and effort doing it completely in isolation. That really doesn't make sense to me at all. Yeah, it might seem easier because there are less voices to hear and you do what you want. Then again, yeah. you might bring out something that is not what your community wants and those people are already invested. Why not listen to them, right? If, if you yeah. already have a community around you, just... It, it, it is difficult sometimes to do that, to listen to people, to take the time and change your plans. Because a lot of times we think we have the best ideas. But my idea yeah. is amazing. It is for you. It's great, yeah. but it doesn't have to be for everyone. And it's humbling. And it's true. Sometimes yeah. we do want something very bad and we want to build that thing. And that's great, but that doesn't mean that it will be a community success. Yeah, no, I I, um, I agree with you. And you mentioned something like for everyone. I think that's another mistake that founders are doing because very often when you ask them, who is this for? And they would say everyone who would use it, uh, which is kind of, you know, to me, like the more specific you are and you create it for that one specific person, the more tailored it gets and like the better it works. You don't have to please everyone. You don't have to make anything for everyone because then you end up with something so neutral that it's so yeah. hard to create emotional connection with that thing because it's kind of, you know, it, it's very safe and very neutral to, yeah. to be okay for everyone, right? And I think like that's, as we said, like with punks, like it's tailored for specific, you know, back in those days, very, very niche group of people, very small group yeah. of people who would actually appreciate that and who would love it and, and who it was made for. I mean, if it was made for everyone to appeal to everyone, then kind of, yeah, I don't think it would work. Yeah, I don't think so either. And that's the thing, like, uh, also, Matt and John talk about this a lot. It didn't take them a couple of months to build the Punks project. They tried several things that didn't feel right. 
until that felt right that's another thing it will it will take time to develop the idea and to see what could have improved it things that are done in a rush either they are very unique in doing in getting it very right or you can definitely improve on that so yeah. sometimes taking time and that's i think the big difference between building in a bear market and a bull market you have the time in a bear market to bull to, to to build sorry and if you're in a bull market you're like okay things are happening so fast around me i have to be fast yeah that's more fast and break things well how many things are you going to break like what is the damage yeah. that you're causing yeah that that's completely true and i i think like it's it's always better when you have this, you don't have this noise and the hype and sort of, you know, the hysteria around you when you're building, because then you can hear yourself better. Because as you said, like during the bull markets, um, it's so easy to get distracted and to segue from what you initially were feeling and thinking about, yeah. right? Because it's it's all this, you know, big mass movements and hysterical sort of euphoria of Vagmi that, you know, that could be uh, like many people can eventually sort of, you know, forget the 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 whole why and the whole purpose of why they even started or got into the space and end up doing you know whatever everyone else is doing because it's tempting because probably yeah. it's easier because you know during those cycles pretty much when one thing works everything everyone who copies that for a certain period works too right so yeah. it's easy and it's it's a big temptation like not many can say no to that right mm -hmm. so that is why we ended up with 10,000 PFP 0.08 mint price all yeah. animal series or all women character series and all that stuff because everyone was copying things that worked until they stopped working and then coming up with something else and then copying that um, yeah. So, so it can be uh, very, very distracting, and um, it can actually make you a copycat, and it's very tempting. It is, it is, and uh, we have seen a lot of people live the, the the space between, you know, from from the last bull market to where we are now, and yeah. a lot of people left because the quick reward wasn't there. And a lot yeah. of people left because they had to feed their families and life and themselves and they had to get normie jobs and they had to get fiat money. And that's understandable as well. But I, I wonder who of those grifters will be back. Who are those people that were not here for to build something different? We were trying to build something to make things in a different way. And we are using technology and we are listening to the people around us for that. And those yeah. people that just wanted a quick reward, I wonder how quickly they're going to come back and how quickly will we forget that they left mm -hmm. people in, that's, in... Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, I don't... I, I as Just as you, I completely understand everyone who has left um, in that sense. Uh, but... I don't understand people who have left completely, right? Like you can oh. have, you know, left yeah. for for nine to five job, normie job, 
but still have your interests in the space and still, you know, voice opinions and still be part of yeah. your communities. And to me, those people haven't left because they're still around. That's true. Right? They're just less uh, active. Yeah, they're still less active because life happened, yeah. life happened and all that stuff. But, you know, those who completely left and are not, right, like, you know, not I seen and done in the space, haven't done anything in the space during bear and then come back when the bull comes. Those are the people sure. that I have problem with. I agree. I agree. If, if you can turn your back to something, don't uh, don't expect that thing to not turn your back to you. So yeah. if you do come back, um, people have reasons to live and they have reasons to come back. And if it was, it got toxic, it got difficult for you to be in that space. Talk to the people that were close to you and, and have an honest conversation. Why did you leave? Why, why did you disappear? It does happen. And we are humans and we change our minds, but it it is those are exceptions. Those are exceptions yeah. to the no, no. to the majority of the cases, I guess. Yeah, no, no, I get it. Um, so obviously building in the bear market, it has its advantages, but also it has lots of disadvantages. Like, you know, many oh, yeah. projects are now sort of, you know, um have very big challenges with their short runways and sort of, you know, it feels like it's very hard to raise at the moment. And, you know, all just having a really great idea may not be enough to actually be able to sort of sustain yourself in the market. Um, So uh, what is your approach? Like when people are kind of, you know, having these difficulties when, when, you know, different founders are kind of getting into this, like having their backs against the wall. Um, do you have any any sort of you know advice of how to approach this in in this situation? Well, there there are a couple of things. Like if you already have a product and if you already have a business and your runway is you know is getting shorter and shorter, that that two things to think about. One is pivoting because you have expertise that I'm sure is not single use. So what else can you do with that expertise that would reach more people or different people and, and expand your market? So if you pivot, where do you go? What can you do? And the people that believed in you then, they can believe in you for this as well. Also because you you showed that you're trying, that you're not giving up because it, was, it got difficult. Mm-hmm. So if you can pivot, pivot. The The moment is when you do something very specific for a niche and and your pivot would either be too big or you you lack the capacity to pivot and and that is difficult and that um, I I don't even know exactly how to approach that I think that's one of the best things about having VCs there are they understand what you do and it, your niche, your market, and that can give you advice or context that can give you advice. Because it can be frustrating and scary and lonely to try mm-hmm. to build in a bear market. Yeah. I, I, I know we are facing our own issues. So it, there's always, nothing is just good or just bad, right? There's always the gray. And... We're trying to take it slow. 
to try to do it right. We, we, we haven't even tried raising funds or anything. So when that time comes, why of the few funds that exist, like funds not in the VC funds as in like amount of money funds, yeah. of, of the amount of money, why us? Why our vision? Why our team? What, what is it that makes us special? But I'm sure there's so many people with great projects. They are very special. They have special abilities. They have special mm-hmm. ways of doing things. And we have to look both at ourselves and to the people that work with us and see that when sometimes we cannot see that in ourselves, it's helpful if you have someone that look at you and say that. So expanding and pivoting on exactly what it is that you do during a bear market is like a survival strategy. It might not Mm -hmm. be what you want to do, but it might be what you have to do. Because a lot of us don't want to leave the space. We don't want to go back to feared work, you know, working on Web2 or different industries, you know, all together. We we like what we do here. True. Better to try to be flexible in what we do here than to be so different that you can barely call, you know, flexibility would be plasticity because you go to another point that yeah. might not be easy to come back to so the flexibility that you have the malleability that you have within the space if you leave it it might be really difficult to come back in yeah no i'm i'm with you there and um and yeah i i know exactly what you mean in that <laughs> sense <laughs> so um so yeah i mean going back like you had as an og like you had a quite long journey and i'm sure you've seen pretty much uh, a bit of everything uh during this journey like you know several different cycles and uh and you know loads of um yeah loads of founders loads of uh good stuff loads of uh, bad and ugly stuff as yeah. well um so uh anything that sort of you know has there been any I don't know, events, ideas, like anything that sort of during that journey has stood out and, and you know, you will never forget that. There are there are a few things, you know, like um, during this journey, when, when we started seeing digital art being traded, exhibited at museums, it being uh, auctioned at auction houses, and we are never like, we don't need them. We don't need them. Like with us, we don't need traditional art, but we do. You know, we want everyone to see us the way we see ourselves. Mm-hmm. So although we say we don't need them, we want that recognition and we want everyone to see that this is, there is so much value to the technology, to what we are doing. So it, it what that does, it doesn't bring value to us, but it gives us credibility when we talk to other people, the people that are mm-hmm. not in the space. So I, I've seen conversations change when those things started to happen, you know, and okay. and people yeah. that 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 have the connections and put art in museums and people that put their art for sale at auctions and auction houses that were open to do that too. Um, 
I I find it that it has the ability to change the conversations that we have with people that are not from the space. Mm-hmm. So we don't need their approval, but their recognition is helpful in changing the conversation and and like the 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 way that we talk about the subject and what yeah. we do with other people. And and the technologies that have been added continuously. Like this I remember when we started seeing like this AI art, right? And like when we started seeing text to image and how it, how it was and, and how we started exploring with it and playing with it and making art with it, how how rudimentary it was and how sophisticated it is now. And uh, like video productions, like you, you, you just write a script and suddenly there's a person in a video saying what you what you wrote. Yeah. However, this is not that is not, it's not a real human reading what you wrote, and I find it amazing the leaps that we are that, that we are having here. Is every yeah. every month there is something genuinely new, and that can change the way we interact with each other and with technology and and that is i find incredibly impressive the speed at which things are being added and this is one of the reasons why it's really good to be early and although we missed a lot of the early already the technology leaps that we are seeing they're just going to keep increasing so joining now is still a good time even if just for that because you can see the use cases and it's easier to add the knowledge slowly than it is to try to do it all at once, of course. So joining now and learning more about the technology, even if you don't plan on using it, maybe down the road you will or someone you know you will, or you will just be embedded into something else you do. Yeah, Because that's, that's the thing with technology, it will be embedded and you suddenly start doing like online banking. People didn't do online banking, and then everything's just like it's just come practice now. Yeah. But how? Do yeah, you it use was the same perception, right? Like not tangible exactly. money. Like I'm not like I, I I'd prefer to have the cash in my pocket. So uh, yeah. yeah, it's very. But those leaps are, are so current. Like it's it's every every three weeks there's something incredibly coming. You know, just or a different way of using a technology. Like there's just something different. Yeah, and, and it's so those hard are the to keep things. up with that. Oh God, <laughs> even, it even is. When you are already in the space, you know, it is so hard. Like podcasts that talk about these things <laughs> and newsletters that talk about these things, you don't need many. Also, because it's you know you get overwhelmed with the amount of information, but yeah. get a couple, and you're not going to hear about everything. But that's a good thing about a community. Maybe there's someone in your community you can reach out. And ask if they heard of something about a specific, a specific subject, and maybe they have, or maybe they haven't, and they can point you in the direction of someone that can help you. Because we don't have to know everything, but it helps if you have someone to, you know, to guide you along yeah. the way. No, it totally makes sense. Um, you mentioned community, and we will be like slowly <laughs> wrapping this up. Um, I think like, and, and we touched the point that it's overwhelming when people come in kind of, you know, to, uh, to filter out stuff and to understand where yeah. to start. And obviously what you're doing with the women, um, onboarding women into the space is, is amazing. Um, in terms of communities, uh, apart from the punks, um, 
which are the the best genuine communities that people could actually join in order to get that OG that you know <laughs> magical thing that are there any communities where that thing is still alive basically i i where should i would I very much like to say yeah right <laughs> i would very much like to say that i think a couple of places that are safer is where people are learning so if you go to a place where people are trying to learn about a subject that you know you you definitely don't have the monetary incentive of of flipping so those should by default be safer communities and you will find people that like what you like because you both are there for the technology. So those, I would assume, can could be safer places to start. But artistic communities, so produ- like producing, if you, either you're producing, you're acquiring new knowledge to produce something or you're producing art, be you know, painting, digital, writing, music, finding people that like what you like. However, communities of of projects like punks, I I I find it difficult because I'm not part an active member of other communities. I do have like nouns has a lot of good in it. And, mm-hmm. and now I'm Brazilian, so now Brazil is a very genuine people community of people that really they do help each other. And when you because they share so much, and and pain brings us together, right? And we Brazilians we have gone through a lot. So if we know of something that can lift us up, we're gonna try to lift more people up. Like mm-hmm. we share a lot as as part of our culture, and. And, and those are the the things that you want to look for. Other people that like sharing, right? That they share the spotlight, that share opportunities, that want to mm-hmm. share the credit. So, if if credit is due, of course. Yeah. But if you find those those people, those are people that you know. I would say engage, engage with them, be genuine and honest there. Because yeah. this can bring you forward. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Um, yeah, I, I felt like, you know, this space is exciting. It's a roller coaster journey. It's yeah. uh, for people who are very comfortable with fast changes, with uncertainty, and with yeah. having everything always very fresh because there's always something new coming in so adaptability to sort of you know learn things fast but also embrace new things being very curious and stuff like that um but also this environment kind of requires that emotional support system like you know being in this kind of environment even if you really enjoy all the elements of it and going through it alone is going to be way, way harder. So obviously Definitely. kind of, you know, searching and finding your tribe and people you trust, as you mentioned, which is very important in this space, is uh, is something that uh, is challenging but needs to be done because I really doubt anyone is uh, has this uh, emotional foundation strong enough to be able to go through it all by himself, you know. We're, we're not made to do that humans are social beings we are built for you know life in society and community 
and we shouldn't try to push ourselves too hard to, to be loners if especially if we don't want to some people do and that's fine great if you thrive like that good for you but don't push yourself to be alone and trying to do everything by yourself because you feel like you should reach out there will be people out there that will resonate with you and yeah yeah those are the people we have to, to try to find yeah and i think like very often people may think that you know they may seem weird or it's very awkward to just reach out to someone you've never met in real life or you know you have never yeah. spoken online but you know from my personal experience it's it's kind of you know people here are quite open to that and you know I personally always like my dms are always open I always reply to absolutely everyone who writes um so uh so just just try like what's the worst thing that can happen like you know the worst thing is right. you won't get a reply right so th there's nothing super scary about that so um so yeah i encourage people just to go ahead and and, and reach out yeah my, my dms are open but i am really bad at keeping track of all the dms i get but yeah, sometimes they get do. out of control, don't they? Yeah, they, they do. But I have like a list of DMs and I'm really appreciate, uh, appreciative of when someone like gives a ping or a bump that goes up because it, it does, it can get, you know, buried under yeah. a lot of other DMs. Uh, I try. I take sometimes, you know, a while for me to get back, but I try my best. I try my best. <laughs> yeah yeah it makes sense yeah. well thank you so much for for your time uh i think we had a very sort of you know natural flowing discussion yeah. and we covered <laughs> quite a lot of points uh actually and and i really you know uh i'm really trying to talk about stuff that is not like common topics that people really talk about usually so i think with you like we we managed to do that so so thank I you hope for that. So. yeah thank you like it was easy to talk to you then it's easy to talk to you now it's it's nice to talk to smart people right so thank you that's it yeah i i always try to to yeah to find those in the space and and once i i find them i i, I stick around because it's it's not the, I mean, yeah it's rare <laughs> Well, I find I, it I'm easy. Give. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I really, I'm really appreciative. Like, thank you so much. It was it's it's great to have these conversations, and even getting a little bit of out of the comfort zone, it's always good. Yeah, thank you. Thanks a lot. That's all that I've got for you today. If you want more of my content, please check out my newsletter at anialexander.com backwards slash subscribe. And I'll see you in the next episode.